Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. Joined here by Tom Dorian. Yes, sir. All in one piece, I take it. <laughs> Barely, Barely, but I'm here. You're hanging in there. I survived. Amen. And so then we also have Sam Ziggy Rodriguez. That's me. So uh, it's good uh, that we're here. And also, I think we have kind of a little, uh, not a little topic, a big topic. Huge. Like, normally we're always doing kinds of like, you know, tambourine beating kind of love, fuzzy, warm and fuzzy topics, you know. But we're going to get kind of... skippy. Yeah, this is going to be kind of big. Wide is the way to this topic. We're what? going deep. Wide is the way to this topic. Oh. Very good. That's that was, a segue. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know what that meant. But anyway, uh, we this is... Uh, this is... We're going to talk about hell. Yes. The, the and, and, you know, and the reason why is because we had an email. We did. And you know what's different about this show? What is that? Somebody sent me an email. That's a. That normally doesn't happen. I, you know, they can't spell my name. It's apparently. a sign. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Dorian's a lot easier. So help me understand the the gist of this email. So this friend of mine sends me this email, and he's concerned about hell. He's concerned. Yeah. He, he reads this uh, 16th, 17th century book, and in the book it describes hell and how many people are going to hell and how difficult it is to make it to heaven and how most of us are going to go to hell, and so he really gets concerned with with this whole idea of going to hell. Yeah. And, um, so thought it'd be a good topic for us to discuss. Yeah, and and I think it's a good topic because I think there's a lot of um, I don't know. There's a lot of people that don't know a lot about hell, and mm-hmm. they and they sort of have some preconceived notions. Heck, there's a lot of people that don't even think it exists. Well, you know what's so funny about that is uh, I was at a family gathering, and I don't want to throw any of my family under the bus. But what are their initials? <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm not going to say that either. <laughs> I'm just going to say that we were in a family gathering, and uh, there was a lot of folks there, and we were chatting, and someone started talking about hell. And then someone sort of piped up in earnest saying, do we still teach that? Is that still a teaching? Yeah, so, so, and not a lot to, more prevalent than you think. But you realize that maybe over the last 50 years, we haven't spent a lot of time talking about you know the four last things, death, judgment, heaven, and hell. Right. Right? But... I think, and I'm not like a scaremonger. I don't. I don't think obviously great uh, things come when you scare everybody. Right. You know, it is good to tell people the truth. Uh, so I. I think if we, you know, and back then I'm kind of looking at that person going with my head sideways, like, what is the deal? Yeah. Uh, now this is my pre-deacon days, so I might not have been as nice as I would be now when I hear that. But the reality is, wait, you're uh, nice. Yeah, sometimes. Wow. So, so I, I, I try to be. Hmm. I just think that a lot of people don't you are, know yeah, what, have you done with Deacon Jeff? what hell is. Yeah. Right. Um, and so, what I thought we'd do is talk a little bit about it. First of all, just we'll do the basics, right? And the answer is yes, there is a hell. Yep. It's real. Mm-hmm. Hell is real. Now. Before that strikes fear in the hearts of all the little children out there, you know, and the adults who go on like, I don't know if I like this church anymore. They've got a hell, right? It's like, we don't want to go to the church with the hell. We want to go to the church with the the happy-go-lucky, you know, beat the tambourine and everybody has a good time and that kind of church. 
And you can find those. Mm-hmm. In fact, you can find some Catholic churches, kind of unfortunately, that do that. Yeah. Some right? people consider it their idea of hell to be trapped in those places. Well, <laughs> some people do. But you know the ones where, you know, when it, when it comes to the penitential act, you know, it's like no one, no one admits that there's any kind of sin anywhere. Yes. It's like, Lord, you cause us to jump for joy. Lord, have mercy. You know, you, you make us make smiles on the faces of little babies. Christ, have mercy. And, you know, and, and it's not that bad. Hopefully it's not that bad. But, you know, there, there is like sometimes I think we don't want to talk about hell. Because we want everything to be positive. We want everything. Let's let's talk about. You know, have you ever been to one of those kind of business seminars where they said, "All right, we're going to look. We're, we're all going to practice our public speaking or whatever." Now, you're you're. We all to make comments, but no negative comments. Right. Only positive comments. Right. Right. And there's that kind of thing where you don't want to give demoralize anybody. Mm-hmm. Like that guy should never speak again in public. I'm just going to say it now. <laughs> you know, that's what everybody's thinking. And that would be bad to say that. But right. but if you don't offer anything that helps us understand there's something other than beauty and positive and wonderful, then there's not really a beautiful, positive, positive wonderful thing. Right. You don't see the opposite. Yeah, there's nothing to compare it to. Right. So now scripturally, if we look at scripture. Scripture's pretty pretty plain all over the place, right? Mm-hmm. And Matthew is great because Matthew, towards the end of the liturgical year, all kinds of judgment stuff is happening, mm-hmm. right? There's people not getting into wedding banquets. There's all kinds of stuff that's like, this is really talking about hell, right? right? Yeah, there's not much in the Bible that that's, talks about consequence-free decision-making. That's know? right, exactly, <laughs> consequence-free. Right. Um, yeah, so, and Jesus is the just judge. And Jesus, so here in uh, Matthew chapter 25, Jesus is essentially the when the Son of Man, sitting on his throne, mm-hmm. you know, brings judgment on individuals, right? It says, then he will say to those at his left hand, depart from me, you cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. And then in verse 46, a little bit later, he says, and they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Mm -hmm. So there is, that's written in there. Mm -hmm. So people say, what does that look like? What does it mean, eternal punishment? It's, it could be listening to the Catholic cafe over and over and (laughs) over and over again for eternity. That might be punishment. I don't know. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But it also, we, we, we don't know specifically. So what you can see, and, and even in uh, that old book mm-hmm. that scared um, this person sent the email, th- there is a reality presented in there that essentially hell is the loss of the beatific vision. Mm. Right. So what I try to help folks when I'm talking in, in uh, RCIA about hell, you know, when I do the, the talk on the four last things, and, and say, look, if heaven is being in the presence of God, to be totally satiated, to want for nothing, to have all the answers, to be fixed and focused on God Almighty, right, then hell is the opposite of that. And I use the example of imagine your family who you love dearly, right, all of a sudden is gone, mm-hmm. totally. Everyone's gone. You have no one to turn to, no one to talk to. Imagine that for eternity, Mm. Right, and that's that's awful because it's something about love and about whatever. But imagine also being in total darkness, and imagine being there with zero hope. Mm-hmm. The virtue of hope is gone, mm-hmm. right? And you start to realize, okay, hell doesn't sound good. Um, I know there are images about um, 
everlasting flames or eternal flames and and all that kind of stuff and so we naturally have seen images of hell being like little devil the devil with the pitchfork you know that red guy on the uh what is that underwood deviled ham can you know that guy with the little spikes on his head and spike on his tail and the pitchfork and and he's you know and and our images of hell are like a, a eternal lake of fire just you know, and, and a bunch of writhing bodies like falling all over each other and sweaty and screaming. And, and that sounds awful, but we don't know that's what it looks like. Right. Right. These are images that have, have come up through the centuries, people trying to describe what is total deprivation of any sense of hope. What does that look like? Mm-hmm. Right. And so we, we, we try to make images to do that, but we don't know that's what's happening. But more importantly, and to the point of this person's question, how can this come from a, a loving God? If God is all loving, if God is love, how is it that he can throw somebody into hell? Well, like, he He doesn't throw anybody into hell. Yeah, and I, th- I think that's the key. That's going to be the answer. Right, and a lot of people need to understand that. Because uh, uh, when you're talking about hell, you have to realize that hell is a choice that we make. Right. Um, look at it this way. If... Um, if you're trying to show that God is all good, mm-hmm. you've got to have something to compare God with. You've got to have a choice that's not God. Right. Right. And so that's where we deal with the problem of good and evil. If God is good, then evil exists. God permits it to exist so that there's something to choose other than him. Well, in the same way, if heaven is the beatific vision, then hell is the lack of that. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that hell is a choice that we make. And what I tell people in my RCIA class when I'm teaching about hell is I say, you know, you need to picture hell as a door, mm-hmm. right, with a knob on it. And by the choices that we make, we freely turn that knob and we open the door. And not only do we that, do that, we walk in, right? Some people put their hands on the door and the doorknob's all hot. You imagine all the fires <laughs> on the inside. And there might be something that like they're 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 leaning to, and they realize something kicks in. It's the Holy Spirit that says, No, bad choice. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. Please don't. God loves you. He I wants you. Go. Right? And they'll and they may let go. Right. But that once that door is open, swung open, and you step over the threshold into hell, yeah. that's your choice. Yep. And that's a hard thing to realize, but imagine the Imagine people who, um, if, if God said, now there's a hell, and you don't want to go there, and I don't want you to go there. I love you so much, and I've got this design that you would be with me forever in eternity in heaven, right? And I don't want you to go there. And they choose anyway to go there. They choose by uh, you know, their, their, their sin, what they've chosen other than God mm-hmm. to do that. And imagine then that God would then say, I was just kidding. There's, there's no consequence, hmm. right? And so is that true, like, love? Is that true freedom? We don't, we, if we have true freedom, we have to have the ability to freely choose hell mm-hmm. or to freely not choose God. Mm-hmm. That's heavy stuff. It is. But at the same time, it helps us understand this stuff is real and it's not something that we should um, ignore and act like doesn't exist. So we have so much more to talk about on the subject. It's an important subject. It is. Right? We want to keep answering that email, and we're going to do that uh, on the other side of a break that we got to take. Uh, but before we take that break, I want to remind everyone we got a great website, thecatholiccafe.com. 
And? Uh, yes, uh, follow us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and like our posts and share them. It makes a difference. Awesome. And also send me an email. Love to hear from you. Send that email to Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And with that, we'll be right back. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Tradition tells us that the parents of Mary, the mother of God, were named Joachim and Anne. Not much is known of the details of their lives, but they have become the focus of great admiration and veneration. This is most assuredly due to the fact that their daughter Mary was the humble virgin chosen by God to bring Jesus into the world, and an example for all Christians. One story tells us that after they were married, Saints Joachim and Anne greatly desired to have a family. They tried, however, for many years to conceive. It was thought that St. Anne was barren. Things looked hopeless. They did not lose their faith, however. They prayed continually to God for the blessing of a child. One night, an angel appeared and said that God had indeed heard them, and they would receive the child for which they so fervently prayed. On that very night, in thankfulness, St. Anne promised to dedicate her child to God. Not long after that, Mary was born. Many have wondered how the church can honor as saints those whom we know little about. In the case of Saints Joachim and Anne, we need only look at their important role as the parents of Mary, the young girl who would freely offer herself in service to God and all mankind. Regardless of the details of their lives, we know that as parents in a good Jewish family, they would be responsible for Mary's upbringing. They were Mary's teachers. They fed her, nurtured her, encouraged her, and supported her even in the moment of accepting God's call to be the mother of God. It was their dedication to living a holy life that God used to serve as an example for Mary. In fact, what she learned from her parents, she most naturally would use in bringing up the child Jesus. And it was her parents' faith that laid the foundation for Mary's consolation and acceptance of God's will at the foot of her son's cross. Saints Joachim and Anne serve as an example for all married couples in bringing up their children to willingly accept the vocations to which they are called in service to God. As early as the 4th century, a church was built by St. Helena, mother of Constantine, on the site where the sainted couple lived in Jerusalem. Saints Joachim and Anne are often depicted in artwork holding Mary and teaching her to read from the sacred scriptures. Their feast day is celebrated by the Universal Church on July 26th. I'm Bess Trzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I am Deacon Jeff, sitting here with Tom Dorian and Sam Rodriguez, and we are talking about the uh, the jovial topic of hell. Uh, and uh, just, I guess, just to help people understand what the Catholic Church teaches about it, and, and should we be consumed with fear? Um, reminding everyone that uh, Tom got an email about, like, I'm just not sure about all this. Mm-hmm. Right? What am, I, what am I supposed to think about all this stuff? And so I just I wonder if uh, like how we set that that uh, person's mind at ease. Mm-hmm. 
Well, the first thing that comes to mind is if we look at Scripture, you know, in John chapter 3, it very clearly tells us that, you know, Jesus didn't come to condemn but to save, that we were already dead in our sins, Mm -hmm. that the wages of, uh, that death is the consequence of sin, right? Mm -hmm. And that one of the things, what what do we typically, when we're sinning, we're not in touch with the fact that our actions have consequences. We want to convince ourselves that there are no consequences to our actions. The fact is, that's just how our universe is built. There's consequences to moral actions or consequences to physical actions. That's why we're able to study science and see cause and effect in nature. There's also a spiritual physics as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Jesus came to save us from that soul death that happens as a result. Of so recognizing the that there is the death of the soul, they're recognizing that there is sin uh, is important. Right, it's not negative. It's just it's just taking a, an the honest evaluation. Where where am I in my relationship with God? Mm-hmm. And I, I love the fact that you bring up John because it's like Jesus wants us to focus on Him as the salvation, right? As as the one who will lift us up out of the cesspool. And really, it's powerful because He actually all the stuff that we've done in the cesspool, He actually sort of puts it on Himself. Mm-hmm. Right? He takes. He takes the blame. He takes all consequences upon himself. That's yeah. right. And and essentially frees us. But the important thing is we have to acknowledge that. Right? So we, we have to recognize that Jesus did that. Because if we don't, essentially, then we keep the consequences. Right. We deny Jesus' role as the Savior. Right? If we don't need him, we don't need him. Right? We think. And that's when we get into big trouble. Uh, that's when we get into hell. That's how hell happens. Right? So it, it, it's 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 you know it's it's a it's a voluntary choice, but we shouldn't be fixated on the punishment, mm-hmm. right? You know, Tom, you're you're a parent like I am, and you don't want your kids to cower in fear Never. of you, no, right? You not don't, no. Um, and you think about some people, maybe like let's let's get out of uh, human humanity or human beings and look at uh, like dogs. And have you ever seen like dogs in the street who are? really gun shy because it's literally they've they've seen it all and they've they've been probably been abused they've been kicked and all these things and if you you come close to it they like they cower and they run Mm -hmm. and and, and imagine god doesn't want us to cower and shrivel up in fear and to hide from him right right he wants us to see him as the loving merciful father that he is right and so we mustn't look at hell as a place that he throws us into right i mean even you know the early church has always taught this St. Justin Martyr, back. this is 156 A.D. This mm-hmm. is way back when. I mean, Jesus had just ascended into heaven 100 years before, or 100, mm-hmm. whatever, 20 years before. And so um, St. Justin Martyr says, um, Eternal fire was prepared for whom, him who voluntarily departed from God and for all who, without repentance, persevere in apostasy. So you volunteer... Two key, two key words: voluntarily and yeah. repentance. And mm-hmm. well, and also, you know, you persevere in that right. apostasy, like you right. just, you keep doing it. Yeah. So you know, if someone looks at the four last things: death, judgment, judgment, heaven, and hell, and thinks like I've got no chance, the truth is we do have a chance, mm-hmm. right? So every morning you wake up, you get to decide: am I a sheep or am I a goat? Mm-hmm. From Matthew twenty-five. Right, you decide you're going to be at the Lord's right hand or at His left hand. You, it's a it's a free and conscious choice, and if you take that choice out, then it's not free, right? So, right, if hell didn't exist, there would only be heaven. Well, there's not a choice, and that 
believe it or not, takes away your free will to love God. Mm-hmm. And God doesn't want us to love him because we're robots. Right. I love you, God. I am so glad to have you, God. You are an amazing God. That was my best <laughs> robot voice. That's, that's really all I got. Sorry about that, folks. I thought it was well played. But the point is... That's not what God calls us to be. We're, we're, you know, His laws written on our hearts. We're made in His image and likeness, and essentially, He is love, and we were made to love mm-hmm. in freedom. Coerced love is not love. So, shotgun love is not love. It's not true love. Right. People that cower in fear, and so the church doesn't want people cowering in fear. They want a joyous people that always have their eyes on the prize. You know, the life of the soul is God. The life of the soul is love because God is love. If I decided to, uh, you know, that I wanted to just build my life around womanizing and just, I wanted to just try to. No chance. <laughs> but I just wanted to just use women, you know, every, yeah. and objectify them and just, you know, that's what I wanted to, that was going to be my, my measure of success of each day is how many women I was able to, 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 uh, Objectify in that way, right? Right. right. Um, guess what? That's not how God would will towards those women, right? And so every time you're making that, looking at women in that way, treating those women in that way, what are you doing? You're pulling a little bit further and further and further away right. from God and the life of God reigning in your heart. And that's just a fact of life that that is that even if you've come out of confession and you're back in the state of grace and you're ready to live, you know, in, in line with God, if you keep making choices against him and put other things that, ahead of him. Right. In it's your I- life, idolatry. Right. When yes. you, whether it's money, whether it's lust, what, power, whatever it is, you make those free and conscious choices. Now, I, I will take this second to talk about people who suffer from uh, illnesses and people who have yes. addictions and things. This is not the same thing. We're talking about free will choices. Right. As you all know, for something to be a mortal sin, to be a, a serious and grave sin uh, that we act upon and then we're held accountable for, it has to be a free choice that we make. Mm-hmm. We have to recognize uh, that it is sinful and what the consequences would be, and we have to do it anyway. Right, and so that's different than maybe someone who uh, has has had a, a lifetime of, of problems. Now, the reality is, all most of those problems probably started with simple choices made. Mm. Right, I know I've done lots of uh, confirmation retreats for eighth graders. Right, and you're you're talking to them, and, and, and you it's it's kind of fun when you see like 150, 200 kids in front of you, and you you say you ask them a question like, "How many in here, uh, you know, want to spend the rest of their life in jail?" Just raise your hands. You know, and it's like, there's always a goofy kid, by the way, <laughs> right. you know, who wants to be different. But the reality is nobody does. And then I proceed to talk to them and tell them about, like, well, you know, believe it or not, all the choices that you're making today are essentially going to have consequences, right? So who you hang out with, whether or not you study, the choices you make in terms of, like, what you do at certain parties and with certain people and how you view other people and all those kind of things, those are little decisions that you're making right now that essentially are going to affect not only where you spend the rest of your life, but perhaps where you spend the rest of eternity. Mm-hmm. And you need to be aware that these consequences are, are those that you're freely choosing. Now, unfortunately, sometimes people go down these paths and they end up falling into addiction or falling into problems. And then that's a whole different situation where we need to, to, to minister to those people in a, in a unique way or a special way for them. But the reality is all of us ultimately are given free will at, at our uh, creation, and so how we exercise that free will can have eternal consequences. Mm-hmm. But again, let's stop looking at the punishment. 
You know, because I, I know my, my kids are younger and they would say, Dad, how much trouble would I get in if, you know, <laughs> when they phrase it that way, you're going like, dude, wouldn't you rather ask the question, Dad, how much more will you love me if I do right. whatever that is? And if you live your life thinking more about loving God and being loved by God, and even if you're in a bad way where you recognize that there's something wrong with the choices that you've made in your life, to realize that God came here, as you pointed out, Sam, um, to be our salvation. Jesus came to save us, not to condemn us. And the condemnation essentially doesn't come from God. It comes from our own choices, mm-hmm. right? So if we're fixated on the salvation, no matter where we are, we can wake up that next morning and say, you know what? By golly, I'm going to be a sheep. I've mm-hmm. just decided. I want to be at God's right hand. And then seek out help. Right? Pray. Uh, forge yourself all the graces of the sacraments. And this is one of the most powerful things that the Catholic Church has is these sacraments. They're not made just for uh, you know food for the saints. You know, y'all, if, you're, if you're a good person, come on in and we'll give you some of this holy bread and we'll give you some of this holy oil and we'll give you all these good things, but only if you're not you know, in, uh, a sinner. The reality is the church is a hospital for sinners. We're all sinners, mm-hmm. and we need the graces that come to the sacraments. So when we're not, when we're deprived of the sacraments, when we're outside the state of grace as Catholics, we're kind of like trying to live in isolation, and that can be scary. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing that comes to me is we have an idea on the flip side of, of hell is heaven, of a notion of heaven is this place where you just get whatever you want, right? In reality, what it is is heaven is a place where everyone who's in heaven, the only thing they want is God. Right. <laughs> yeah, they're totally so satiated. I mean, it's like they don't have any desire for anything else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's and sometimes when I'm talking about marriage, it gets some people upset. You know, it's like, you mean I'm not going to be married to Bob, you know, in heaven? And Bob's like smiling like, yeah, it's about time. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't do that. Uh, but, you know, it's like, well, so marriage is this sort of foretaste of uh, it's like a it's like a prefigurement or a preview of our, our relationship with God in heaven. We're married to God. Mm-hmm. And so we can experience God literally in the flesh and in the spirit in our marriage. But when we're in heaven, that's now uh, come to fulfillment, and it's the relationship that we're married you know, to, the, to our builder, as Isaiah says. Mm. You know, as a young man marries a virgin, God marries his people, Israel. And, and that's a beautiful image God uses as marriage as being that covenant of his relationship with us. And that's what it's like in heaven. We're totally satiated. We don't need to have a husband or a wife. Mm-hmm. They'll be there, mm-hmm. and we'll be ecstatic, and it'll be beautiful, and you can see them, I'm sure. But the reality is you're not there for them. You're there for God. Amen, Amen brother. Yeah. So uh, let's ask the Blessed Mother to watch over us and to help us keep fixated on the prize, and that is to be in heaven. God's mercy and God's love. Amen. Mm. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, pray pray for for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. death. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.